0: Merry Christmas. You guys doing well? I'm still recovering from Jesus falling, so. They left that out of the story. He died and got resurrected when he was a baby, I think, too. It's awful. Well, welcome. So glad you are here this evening. Uh, I am one of the pastors here. My name is Matt Seifert. So glad you guys are here. Um, We have been this month going through a series called Given Unto Us, if you don't uh, see that by the stage. Uh, the verse we've been using is Isaiah 9:6. I want to open with that tonight. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And tonight we're going to highlight this word, Prince of Peace. It's kind of an unusual name to call Jesus, and I'll explain that why. It was was basically a prophecy that was given to Israel 700 years before Jesus was here on the earth. And this prophecy was going to tell of a coming king that was coming to, in a sense, rescue Israel. And Israel thought um, that it was kind of a strange name I think because they wanted a conquering king. They were used to King Saul, they were used to King David. And here they are hearing about a prince of peace. That word prince, it means sar in Greek and it means chief and it means captain. And the word peace, I think is kind of an interesting word. Uh, most of the time, peace is kind of thrown about. Uh, often I use it. I used to use it with my friends in high school, and we'd always say peace. Anybody ever say that? Peace or peace out or love and peace, right? So it's kind of a funny word to use when describing Jesus. But I think most of the time when people say peace, what they mean is they mean be peaceful and be kind to people, or they mean at all cost, avoid unpeaceful things, and Jesus was the prince of peace. He was a little more realistic, okay? He was a little more, you can't avoid everything that's hard. John 16, 33, he said, this is Jesus talking. He, he said, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Um, so even Jesus here was saying that we need, a, we need to realize that avoiding peace is kind of a strange thing to do. Um, but he did say that the same peace that's in me can be in you. And here's what I believe, is if we ever want external peace... I believe a lot of people want external peace. There's chaos going on in the world right now. That's all we see on the news every single day. It seems like more chaos upon chaos. And if we ever want that external peace, we have to have that same peace that Jesus speaks of. And I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. It's in Luke 19. I'm not going to read it tonight. If you want to read it on your own, I'd recommend it. But it's the story of Zacchaeus. And it's kind of a funny story to use tonight, but I can explain why. I believe that it references this whole peace thing. So... Uh, If you know about Zacchaeus, um, it says that he was the chief tax collector, okay? We have Jesus, the chief of peace, and here Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. And Jesus is about to walk through Jericho, okay? And when he's on his way, he actually heals a blind man named blind Bartimaeus okay he heals the blind man and I think what that did was it exploded the crowds the crowds began to follow Jesus and word was spreading rapidly through Jericho about this man Jesus and so Zacchaeus it actually says that he was rich another translation says he was very rich another one says that he was quite rich um he was a man of influence. Matt translation says the guy was loaded. Okay. He had some money. He probably had some Mercedes Benz or something in the garage. Bentley, I don't know, what's his favorite cars, you know? I could go on. But probably not in a car, but like a really cool donkey. But anyways, uh <laughs> he had some cool cars. Um but he was loaded. Okay, and here he is, if you can picture culturally, he's running, it says that he ran past the crowd, and he, because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd, so he finds this tree, and he climbs up in this tree, and he begins to look at Jesus. And as Jesus is walking by, he looks up and sees Zacchaeus in the tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, he calls him out, and he says, come down out of that tree, I'm going back to your place to hang out. And so Zacchaeus climbs out of the tree and he runs over to Jesus with joy and then he goes back to Zacchaeus' house. He follows him back. And what you may not see in this story, but it does say that Zacchaeus was a notorious sinner. And what that means is uh, he was known for doing bad stuff, okay? He was known with his family, with his friends. Through the town, he was known for doing bad things. And here's what I, I could say about that is Probably on his way back, he started to think, man, I didn't clean up the house. I didn't get things straightened up. I didn't know Jesus was going to be coming back to my place. I was just trying to climb this tree to see him. And yet he called out and he's now he's on my way. So I imagine that he's t- telling the maids, hey, clean up. Hey, close that door. Hey, pick that up. Right? Get this place clean. But here's what I want to tell you tonight is uh, maybe you're here tonight and maybe you think, well, uh, if God only knew what I did last week, or if God only knew what I did this morning. And here's what I want you to, if you can get this picture in your mind, Jesus isn't concerned about what Zacchaeus was up to. He, he wasn't even concerned about who he was as a person. He wasn't concerned about what people claimed on him. He was only concerned about hanging out with Zacchaeus. And here they are, they're sitting across from each other, and Jesus or Zacchaeus actually says, he says, I'm gonna take everything, I'm gonna sell everything and give it back to all the people that I've taken things from. And Jesus said, Salvation's come to your house. Basically he's saying, I'm restoring your name, I'm restoring who you are as a person. In fact, the whole fact that I'm here at your house is somewhat of a restoration process. And then verse 10, it's gonna be the only verse I read in this in this chapter, but it says Verse 10, it says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And see, I think that Zacchaeus uh, was running because he was looking for peace. I believe he had arrived. He was at the place of arrival, and he was still looking for something more. And verse 10, it says that Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. So here he is sitting across from a notorious sinner. He was sitting across from somebody that everybody claimed was a bad dude. And Jesus saying, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, you might ask, what was lost, Matt? What was lost? And if, you, if, you, if we kick back to Genesis in the garden with Adam and Eve, okay, it says that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day with God and they had a conversation uh, with him. I don't know what they talked about. I don't know if they talked about why peacocks have, the males have feathers and the girls don't. I don't know what they talked about. I'm, I'm still wondering what they talked about. But it says that they talked. And here he is okay? Jesus is sitting across from somebody and he's saying, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. What was lost was the ability to be able to talk with mankind. The capability of being able to sit across from somebody and the, and the sinner to not be concerned that it's Jesus Christ that's sitting across from him. Uh, I don't know if you all know this about um, princes uh, of the time, but I believe the reason why Isaiah called him a prince of peace or it was a prophecy is because at that time princes were not necessarily like kings they were they were sent out uh, if there was aught if there was um, kind of a condition between one kingdom or another, if there was um, maybe a separation between kingdoms and they were about to go to war, princes were sent out and they were sent to kind of negotiate. They were sent to try and bring peace, if you will. And I believe that's what that's why Jesus was called a prince is because he came down to bring peace back between God and man. There was a chasm, there was a gap, and that's why Jesus came was to bring us close to him. He was to bring us peace between the relationship. And you might say, well, Matt, Um, I don't know how that really affects my day-to-day right now. Like Maybe you're not that person that has arrived. Maybe you're not that person that has everything, yet you need more peace. Um, I will say that if you know anything about Jesus, he was somebody that during a storm, he would fall asleep and the disciples would wake him up. He was also somebody that sent the disciples out and then came and walked on the water to the disciples. And then he even called out for Peter and encouraged him to walk on the water with him. And the reason why I say that is because maybe you're somebody that, uh, uh, maybe you haven't arrived, maybe you're at a, a low point. I want to tell you, when I was 17 years old, I remember uh, m- my parents had just separated. Um, my mom had separated from my stepdad, and I, we had moved into a really small house. When I say really small, I mean really small, and I call it the house on a tilt, because when you walked in it, we kind of walked like this, right, right? Everything we did, we were just constantly like this. Like, I don't know if you remember the, like, Taco Bell commercial, but that's what we felt like. And I remember uh, the house had these strange bubbles on the ceiling. I remember um, food was really, (laughs) it was hard to come by at our house because my mom, she only made about $4.10 an hour, uh, and I think it was working part-time. And this was in high school when we needed things. And I remember uh, there was a point in time where... Um, everything that we were trying to fight for was just food, really. Uh, I remember there was a a loaf of bread that even the cat had decided to eat through the plastic and eat all of the bread that was left over, uh, when we were hungry. I remember, uh, the electric got shut off, um, And we had no power. We actually didn't have an air conditioner. uh, And we lived in Florida, which is kind of crazy. It kind of goes hand in hand as air conditioner and Florida. Uh, I also remember uh, the water heater got shut off. And if you know anything about me, I hate cold showers. Okay, I I hate cold water. I hate cold air. But I really hate cold showers. And uh, I remember as a high schooler, my mom was bringing me to church, okay. And she was actually dragging us to church. Um, And I remember getting in the shower and uh, I had still scabs on my knuckles because I was so angry at the time. I'd hit every single door in the house. I tor- tore the whole house apart And uh, because of the anger that, that I carried inside of me. Um, but my mom had been dragging me to church, and this Savior, this Prince of Peace, had brought a peace in my life um, that I, 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 I had never experienced before. I now had a relationship with God, and I remember getting in the shower when it's freezing cold and my stomach uh, was hungry. And I remember singing this song. Um, I wrote it down. It it says, uh, there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find that there is none like you. Kind of skips over and it says, I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I want to do and I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. But I remember as I was singing that song, everything that was surrounded me, the chaos that was all around, began to be peaceful. I didn't even notice that the water was cold anymore. In fact, I began to be thankful for the fact that I even had running water, and uh, there was a peace in my life that I can't describe to you, but I I knew what it was like. I knew what it was like to be without peace, and I knew it was like to be with peace and be able to Uh, be in relationship with god and that's all i cared about so i say all that to say that whether you've arrived and you're looking for more peace whether you uh are at the lowest of lows and you're afraid of uh everything that's going on in the world whether you're afraid of covid whether you're afraid of um losing your job whether you're afraid of your relationships going bad whether you're afraid of. maybe finances, whatever it could be, I want you to know there is a prince of peace that wants to be in your life, that sleeps during storms, that wants to calm the storm. Because here's what I can promise you is, even though chaos is going on, right, I can't promise you that when you accept Jesus or when you believe in Jesus, that it fixes everything. But what I can tell you is that the prince will be with you and he'll bring you a peace to where you don't even notice the storm. Amen? Um, I want to pray over you guys tonight, but here's what I do know is, The good news is, is yes, there was a chief tax collector, but we have a chief of peace, and he is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. He is our everlasting father, and he is our prince of peace. Would you guys pray with me? Why don't you guys close your eyes. Father, we thank you, God, for everybody that's in here tonight, God. We thank you, God, that you are our prince of peace. You are our king of kings. You are our lord of lords, and we trust you tonight. Whoever's in here, God, I thank you, God, that you give them peace right now in the midst of whatever they're going through. We love you, God. We honor you tonight. If you guys would stand with me in Jesus' name, amen and amen.